my great fear is that one of them is going to say, oh yeah, you just pronounce it like Alan. Listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming teen rom coms. I am your co host, Martha Sullivan, YA librarian and YA lit uh, connoisseur, and I am joined, as always, by my other co host. I'm Marin Hegman, adult services librarian and rom com enthusiast. And we are here today to talk about Booksmart, the 2019 uh, high school comedy directed by Olivia Wilde. But before we get into our discussion, just want to do a quick check-in. How are you doing today, Marin? I am doing all right. It is pretty gray and gross outside my window, so that is kind of a bummer. Yep, it is gray and rainy and disgusting here as well. Uh, according to my quarantine journal, we are 54 days into social isolation, uh, counting from when I started socially isolating. Um, so that might be slightly different from everybody, but the point is we're about two months into this. It sucks. We're making it through the best we can. Um, Marin, what have you been enjoying lately to take your mind off of the world? Yeah, so I did a deep dive this week, um, and Pete called me out because I even have rewatched scenes I found very good within like 72 hours. I consumed and even reconsumed parts of Normal People, which is on Hulu. Um, oh, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, it's a fascinating mix of CW-like high school drama, but then also prestige, like, character-based drama. Um, and it, it kind of treads that fine line between the two um, in a very pleasing way. Um, it is about two Irish teenagers, Marianne and Connell, um, and their kind of weavy, windy relationship over the course of several years. Uh, yeah, I, it, they are, all the episodes are on Hulu. Um, I do believe it is a complete series. There is no intention for more. Um, there are 12 half an hour episodes, um, and I would recommend, recommend it if teen drama meets prestige drama is of any interest to you. Nice. Yeah. What have you been consuming, Martha? Um, well, uh, Pete, your husband, and I have talked at length on Did You Do Your Homework, our other podcast, about how he and I are both sinking vast quantities of time into Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, yesterday, I actually took a break from Crossing the Animals to finish up another game that I had purchased back in, like, September or October or September sounds right. Um, it's called The World Ends With You. It was originally a, a 3DS game release that got ported to the Switch. Um, that is a, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful game. I really, really enjoyed it. It's why I bought it twice. Um, it is about, uh, you play a character who wakes up one who wakes up one day with no memories of his past life in the Shibuya 
uh, scramble crossing in Japan. So like that giant crosswalk that you frequently see that is kind of looks like I feel like people use it in movies to be like, it's the Japanese equivalent of Times Square. Oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah. I think I have a mental image of what you're talking about. And he finds out that he has died, um, but he gets to play a game that's going to last seven days for a chance to come back to life. Hmm. So that's the that's the kind of premise. It ends up being a lot about a lot more than that. But the music is awesome. The art is super cool. And it's it's totally full of like Japanese fashion culture. So like the the street fashion and the kitschy and electro punk, like really wild uh Japanese fashion um, that I feel like gets used as an aesthetic a lot of the time, but in in The World Ends With You, it's like an integral part of the game. So like influencing trends ends up being a mechanic. So like hmm. the clothes you wear and the pins you use all end up mattering to like getting you buffs. And um, it's a really interesting game. Uh, it's not even that long. I just... I played it for a while and then I stopped because I knew I was coming up to the end and I was like, I don't want this game to be over. <laughs> um, but yesterday I decided, you know what? I'm going to finish this game. I'm going to see how it ends. It was wonderful. I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's got a really great, it only uses the touch screen. So if you also, like me, needed to give your thumbs a break <laughs> from using the joysticks, um, it only utilizes the touch screen on the Switch. So that's been bringing me a lot of joy. Um, but in, you know, speaking of things that bring us joy, book smart, <laughs> uh, tipping my hand a little bit. Um, yeah. So book smart came out last year. It was directed by Olivia Wilde. It stars Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein as Amy and Molly, who are seniors in high school. They are one day away from graduation. Uh, They have spent their entire high school careers breaking their backs to be uh, numbers one and two in their class. They are both off to prestigious uh, schools that we know of that becomes a thing later. Um, And they basically think that they have uh, succeeded um, where their other classmates may have fallen down uh, until they discover... Uh, from two of their classmates that they have been looking down on, um, that their classmates also have scholarships and full rides to prestigious uh, East and West Coast schools. Um, The more that they talk to people on their last day of class, the more that they realize that the other students that they have kind of felt above their whole high school career um, have also achieved the great futures that they have worked for and they've been able to do it while partying a lot more than Amy and Ale- than Amy and Molly have. Uh, the rest of the movie follows uh, Amy and Molly as they decide that they are going to fit four years worth of partying into one night um, before graduation so that they can f- uh, kind of experience all of the uh, fun that they didn't let themselves have uh, before they graduate the next day. I had seen this movie before, so I already knew that I loved it. Um, but Marin, you had not seen this movie before. I had not seen this movie before. Um, what did you think of it? I so this is tough because I feel like this is a movie 
So I, the background to this is I have a really hard time with cringe humor. It is not my type of humor. I just, I don't like when, I don't enjoy watching characters feel uncomfortable often. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, so I guess I, I fell on the side of I, I am glad this movie exists. I, I think it, it does what it does very well. Um, but it, it is just not my brand of humor. So I didn't... A lot of things I was supposed to find funny, I did not find funny. I just cringed. Um, but again, I'm this is one of those, like, I am glad that it exists. I think that... Um, I, I think that it does a lot of good things um, on a, like, you know, from the point of view of, you know, letting girls be raunchy, letting girls be, um, letting, you know, just, like, portraying women as being able to, to have the slapsticky kind of humor. Um, I, I think that was you know, really good. So I guess, yeah, I guess my, my final take is I'm, I'm glad that it happened on a theoretical level. I did not personally enjoy it as much. Um, I, I certainly, there were, there were things in there that made me laugh, but I mean, just watching with Pete, like I could tell like there was a lot, he was laughing at like a lot more than I was. Um, just cause yeah, a, a lot of the humor just made me go, Oh no. <laughs> Well, and that's really funny because I am also, um, or that's really interesting to me because I am also not a fan of cringe humor. Like, it's the main reason I don't like The Office. Mm-hmm. I don't like humor that is meant to make me feel awkward or embarrassed. Um, but this really just goes to show you that that is also a very subjective meter because this movie did not ring my cringe buttons. Really? Um, which is not to say, yeah, it just... Um, huh. I hadn't thought of cringe humor as being that subjective, but it totally is because clearly there are things that don't make me feel uncomfortable that do for other people. And that's a totally fair criticism. Um, But I I, I do think we can agree on the fact that we are glad this movie exists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because the one night teen adventure is a rich, has a rich and storied history uh, that is very frequently populated by boys. Um, Mm -hmm. When this movie came out, I remember it got a lot of comparisons to being the female super bad, which I don't think is fair for a lot of reasons. Um, But that movie, I'm I'm glad that we could make something comparable um, and have it feature two girls and also... I didn't necessarily feel like the fact that they were girls was like the thing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't um, like the, the tropes of the one night adventure weren't perceptively different because they were, our main characters were girls, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that, and I mean, granted, I, I can't even tell you if I've watched super bad the whole way through. I don't know that I have. Um, I think I I... enjoyed it, but I have been hesitant to go back and rewatch it (laughs) because I want to maintain, I want to maintain my good memories of it. And I'm very (laughs) concerned it didn't age well. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had a, sorry, and Pete, you could probably delete this. We, we had a similar moment with that last night with Mark and the Phantom Menace. We decided to watch Phantom Menace last night. Oh, no. And afterwards, oh, no. which Mark, like, kind of loved or, like, had fond memories of as the best of the prequels, just because, like, it doesn't get bogged down as much in, like, Anakin shit. Anyway, yeah, afterwards, Mark, <laughs> we sat there on FaceTime and Mark was just like, oh, no. Like, now I have to. Like, this movie is just bad. Like, there's no, like, redeeming. It is just bad and boring and, oh, no. <laughs> well, I believe, I want to say I was 14 when fan. No, that's not right. I, I was 10. <laughs> If that gives you content. Because I think it was 99? It was 99. So that would have made me... 13. Okay. 13 when it came out. But even... No, I'm sorry. Even watching it as a 13-year-old, I knew that movie was... <laughs> I think Mark was just young enough. Because he's a year younger than me. So he would have been like 8. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Mark was just young enough that he had, like, fond memories of it, and, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, sorry, sidebar, <laughs> as we're talking yeah. about <laughs> movies that we don't want to rewatch. Um, there was another, there was another reason that you mentioned to me, um, when we picked this movie that you were hesitant about seeing it and I don't remember what it was um I assured you that it was not that kind of story but now I don't remember what I was reassuring hmm. you of yeah what was I what was my because my main hesitation was just from watching the trailer I was like oh it's super bad with girls like it's gonna be a lot of cringe humor oh I think we were talking about like I don't sometimes I have a hard time watching people have a tough high school experience because I had a tough high school experience and yeah. so sometimes it's hard for me to, I guess, on either side of the spectrum. Like, sometimes it's hard for me to, like, watch those things that really glorify high school. Um, and it's hard for me to watch things where it's like, oh, yeah, high school is the worst. Because it's like, well, I know. <laughs> and I had felt that this movie didn't fall into either of those camps. And I'm wondering if you agree with my assessment. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think that was something... That I, I bristled at, because um. I did not. I did not think that the point of this movie was that Amy and Molly had had a miserable time in high school. I think the point was that they realized they could have done it differently, and that the rest of their class wasn't like they weren't better than the rest of their class for having chosen the things that they did. Um, it felt more like regret for their choices rather than, oh, high school sucked and it could have been better. Yeah, and I, I, I think it was more a self-awareness of, oh, we kind of closed ourselves off. But there was no... I appreciated that they didn't let themselves, like, recriminate on that too much. It was more like, okay, well, let's... We have this one less chance to kind of participate in this aspect of high school we missed out on, like, let's give it a shot. Which I appreciated it was that versus how could we have let ourselves do this in high school, you know. Because I do think that they were still both proud of what they had achieved. 
like Molly is still the valedictorian of her class and she still gets to go is she going to Harvard? Uh yeah. Yeah. Um like she's still proud of what she has achieved. She just kind of has a realization that she's not the only one that got there. Yeah. And, and I, I, I I felt like a lot of this movie was more them was almost less about their personal experiences and more getting to know the classmates that they had kind of missed out on knowing. Yeah, and actually, in fact, my favorite scenes in the movie were Molly and that girl whose name I forget, um, who was also going to Yale. They, like, her, this big revelation was prompted by the fact that one of the really popular girls that Molly did not think much of um, also got into Yale, um, and... They start out the movie, there's a scene in the bathroom where Molly is overhearing them make fun of her, um, but by the end of the- I can't remember her name, I just remember that she is the one that gives great blowjobs and is also going to Yale. Yeah, and I, I like that the, yeah, and her, she has, like, some nickname involvement, like, AAA or something. Oh, is this AAA? I could, yeah. So uh Molly Gordon, who plays AAA, I couldn't remember for a sec if- if AAA was that girl or if that was um, the girl that Amy hooks up with. Oh, yeah. No, I, th- I think AAA is that girl. And they, they call her AAA because there have been stories that, you know, guys whose cars have broken down, she has gone to pick them up and hooked up with guys in the cars. Um, and I, I really like, those are some of my favorite scenes in the movie where, so Molly leaves this party um, and is literally walking down the street and this girl is driving home and sees her and pulls over and gives her a ride home. Um, and in the course of that, um, she there's this lovely moment where she talks about, yeah, like, please don't bring this nickname uh, to Yale. Um, like, just please, like, we can even pretend we don't know each other. Um, and I really love that the movie, like, makes you think she's gonna confess, I've, I've actually never, like, I don't know where these rumors started, they're completely false. Um, but it, it turns to, no, actually, I give great blowjobs, and, like, I just, I really don't want this nickname to follow me. Um, so I, I really liked that scene. That was actually one of my favorite scenes, um, in terms of, like, letting this popular girl be like, yeah, I am going to go to this prestigious college. Um, and, um, I, you know, am not ashamed of the fact that, like, I owned my sexuality in high school. Yeah, this movie is very unapologetic about teen sexuality, which is something I'm always here for. Yeah. Um... Yeah, which I, yeah, I appreciate it. In addition to Triple um, A, which now I feel bad because that's her character name is listed on IMDb. And oh, I it really that, is? I thought yeah. they'd give her another name at some point. Well, she right. Like, she tells us in the movie what her actual name is, but I don't remember what it is, and IMDb is not telling me. Oh, Wiki, um, Wiki is telling me. It is Annabelle. Okay. Her actual name. But they, they only really refer to her as AAA, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in addition to her, you have Amy, who is a lesbian and has been out 
we find out that she's been out for several years and like that's not an issue um and then later during the movie she ends up hooking up with another girl at a party and the the issue then kind of becomes her lack of just physical experience rather than the fact that she's gay um and she has a a crush on this other girl so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of horny teens happening, which makes sense. They're all 17, uh, except for one character, which I'll get to in a minute because that made me uncomfortable. Um, and just what they do, um, you know, they're all horny. They're all high or drunk through most of the movie. Um, but sex and sexuality are treated very realistically, I felt, in the movie and very much without shame. Um, like the embarrassment and uh the embarrassment in some of the scenes is not related to the sex it's all character driven if that makes sense so like there's no shaming anybody for the act of hooking up it's just how they're treating each other in the process that was a lot of words and i don't know that i made the point that i wanted to make um <laughs> yeah no i think i i think i understood what you were saying that like the the fact that they wanted to hook up was taken as a natural part of being a teen. Um, and the humor was not, oh, 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 teenage girls want to have sex. It was, whoa, look at these wacky things that are happening while they are trying to have sex. Because, of course, they want to have sex. They're teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the the one instance that I did feel that the movie kind of wanted to have its cake and eat it too was um, Jessica Williams plays oh, the yeah. like, cool English teacher who ends up hooking up with one of their classmates um, who the movie does kind of go out of its way to say that he's been held back a couple of times. So I think that he's supposed to be like 20, 19 or 20. So it's, it's very much like he's legal. Don't worry. Uh, still didn't care for that. Just yeah. a teacher. Uh, she ends up going to one of the parties and I was like, no girl, this is not on. I don't Pete, like it. Pete called it when she dropped them off. He was like, she's going to go into that party, isn't she? And I was like, oh, I hope not. I know. My sister and I went to see this movie together, and she and I were both like, no, Jessica, no. Right. Don't do it. Yeah. Speaking as a former teacher, that I, I had a full body like cringe when that happened. I was like, no. God, no. Yeah. Like. So yeah. that that I, I felt. I felt that they could have not included that. Same. Um, I I could have very much done without that storyline. Yeah, I if they if they needed Jessica Williams to go to the party, like I feel like they could have still had her have they still could have given her a little story that was like, oh, she feels or she's trying to connect with like the younger element, but then realizes like, oh god, I'm old and an authority figure, and just had her leave the party, like I. She still could have gone, and we still could have had some moments of humor. Like, that that same student still could have hit on her, and then that could have been her moment of realization. Like, oh, God, what am I doing? And then she just had to leave. Right. I I felt like that was unnecessary and I, didn't, didn't care for it. Same. I could have even done with a moment of her being like, are these, are, are Molly and Amy okay? Like, let me just, like, poke my head in. 
all right, they're doing good. Oh, man, the use. Bye. Like, I would have been here for that. How did we feel about Billy Lord's character? I she did make me laugh. I I have to admit I did I did enjoy the, um. She's everywhere. Like I I enjoyed that bit. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, um, I thought I thought they used her just enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she plays she plays a character named Gigi whose whole deal is she's this, um, rich princess who is like she's always at the parties one step ahead of molly and amy and they're like how are you doing this um and she is friends with um another one of their classmates who starts as kind of like the weird attention-seeking guy and as the night progresses they you know get to know him a little bit better and he's like yeah she's my best friend you, you get to you get to know two. It was an example of I think getting to know two caricature characters better through their interactions with each other. Yeah, like, that that I thought was a a, a clever bit of writing um, to kind of dismantle these two uh, these two caricatures because Gigi is very much like the over the top coked up rich princess, and then. The other guy reminded me of Upchuck from Daria. Oh. Um, <laughs> <coughs> yeah. And then as like this kind of creepy horn dog, but then as the, the movie goes on and they interact with each other and interact with Molly and Amy, um, you get to know them a little bit better. Uh, and then by the end, we get a nice little moment with Molly and the boy whose name I can't remember. I think it's Jared. Probably. That sounds right. Yeah. Um yeah, I enjoyed that Jared. Yeah, I enjoyed that nice inversion of turns out like Jared is like a nice boy who has a crush on Molly, like and I I enjoyed that the movie like kind of over the course like let him be vulnerable and let that come out. Um yeah, that was that was very nice. I I was here for that. Um also, we have talked extensively on this podcast about how um teen movies frequently culminate in one of two ways, either with prom or a formal dance equivalent or graduation. Uh this is clearly a graduation movie. Um how did you enjoy the graduation scene? I am a person who unabashedly cries. Um, always at any graduation scene in anything. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I so watching this scene uh, reminded me, which I had not thought about for a long time, of the fact that I actually gave the speech at my high school graduation. Oh, look at you! Um, not because I was I was not the valedictorian, although Pete technically reminded me since I gave the speech, I am I was technically the salutatorian. Um, but I was not, like, ranked number one or two in my class. I just was the one that was willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I had not remembered that for a long time. And I remember it put me in the mindset of my high school was in walk- within walking distance of my house growing up. So we walked to, because my high school 
graduation was in a hockey rink. This does not surprise anyone. <laughs> that is only the most uh, Minnesotan thing I've ever heard. Yep. So on the walk to there, my shoe broke. <gasps> oh, no. And I had to borrow my grandma's shoes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I had not remembered that story for a long time. But so there's, uh, yeah, and my poor grandma, I can't remember if she went barefoot or, like, walked back to the house and um, got other shoes. <laughs> I can't remember what she did. Um, but, yeah, I just was remembering because it's funny to look at pictures of me on my high school graduation day because, like, I'm wearing a nice dress. I have, like, little fake pearls on. And then I am wearing grandma sandals. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I I actually, just as an unrelated side note, um, I accepted my diploma barefoot because my shoes were so painful that I left them under my chair to get up to go uh, <laughs> accept my diploma. And my dress was so long that you couldn't notice. <laughs> well, I love that we both have shoe stories on our high school graduation day. <laughs> yes. Although... Um, my my graduation took place in on our football field in weather that was about a zillion degrees. Oh. Which was better than when my sister graduated who um when it rained and was a zillion degrees. So we were in the uh gymnasium all sweating to death. Oof. That sounds more miserable than being outside sweating. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but yeah. yeah, so yeah, so going back, so typically graduation scenes don't remind me of that and like of that experience giving a speech and stuff, but this one did just because the main character is giving a speech. Um, and I had that same energy of, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, um, because I broke my shoes on my way. Um, hello. Certainly picking a friend up from jail and speeding into the ceremony is more dramatic. The, it definitely um, definitely took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that I expected it to end in prison for anybody, but I appreciated it. Um. One of the other, the, the kind of big emotional beat of the movie is Amy and Molly finding out, or rather Molly finding out that Amy has different plans than what she thought was going to happen. So it turns out that Amy is not going to college next year. She is doing a year of um, like a, a Peace Corps equivalent kind of thing. And devolving into, they have a huge fight about how Amy feels like Molly is overbearing and Molly feels like Amy needs direction and guidance. And they they have this huge blow-up fight uh, that ends up getting resolved by graduation. Um, my sister had very strong feelings that she didn't think that a fight that had been brewing that a fight that was that big that had been brewing for that long could be resolved in one night. Hmm. I disagreed. Um, I actually felt that it was um, 
I felt that it was very realistic because you have a night where everything, all of your emotions are kind of heightened anyway. Um, And you have two people who have been friends for so long that I felt like the movie was not out of bounds in maybe speeding up some of the kind of emotional, uh, emotional repair that goes into fixing a fight like that. I would also say I think that the resolution was pretty straightforward. Like, the resolution was that Molly needed to be like, okay, go live your life. Like, we are, you know, we're going to be best friends, but, like, I I recognize that I need to give you some more space. And I, I think that was all that needed to happen. Like, I think that was, since she was willing to make that, resolution i i think that was all the conflict that needed to get resolved well and amy amy needed to understand that she's allowed to use her words for stuff um that she she has the the capacity to say um to like tell molly what she needs and molly needed to learn that she has to be able to hear what amy says um but I, I agree with you that I do think that they, after vocalizing those needs, <laughs> that was kind of all that needed to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think they also both needed to learn that they couldn't be each other's um, only source of support. Yeah, I think they needed to learn that, like, they do need other friends. Like, they cannot be each other's only friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I, think it made sense to me that, because I, I feel like we have all certainly been there of, like, there's, like you said, a particularly emotional night, like, and then the next morning, after everyone slept and probably had some coffee, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I think that's a pretty normal thing. Yeah, that was how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to say about this movie? Yeah, I think that... I mean, I think we've gone over the main thing that I would... I think should should have been different, which is Jessica Williams' scene. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we've... Touched on the main thing. Oh, the one thing we have not talked about, uh, Amy's parents, um, played by Lisa Kudrow, and I forget who the guy is, but is he on Runaways? I feel like he's one of the dads on Runaways, too. Possibly. Um, I, I enjoyed, though. I feel like they use them judiciously. I believe her dad is played by Will Forte. Oh, okay. So not the guy on... Never mind. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed their like themed foods. Um, they have a scene where they're like, "We've made all these like graduation themed foods for you." That I I got a kick out of that. Yeah, they were very um, overbearing in like a cute way. <laughs> yeah. You can tell that they're the parents that were like, we don't, you know, at some point our daughter told us she was gay and we don't really know how to be supportive, so we're just going to do everything. (laughs) Yeah. 
they also they're the they um they think that she and molly are dating correct yes yes which molly thinks is hysterical and amy thinks is embarrassing and i i just thought it was kind of cute that molly is like this is a button i can push for my friend (laughs) yeah i don't know how i came felt about that i was kind of like that seems weird but i can understand why she was doing it um anything else we want to say about book smart i don't think so i think we we've gone through the the main beats um, well, what would you recommend for people? Um, yeah, what would you recommend for people? Yeah, so I think we have referenced this movie several times on this podcast, but I honestly preferred a similar movie um, that came out about the same time, um, Blockers, which is about uh, yes, <laughs> which is about three. Uh, best friends on prom night who decide they want to lose their virginity. Um, their parents see their texts about this because it pops up on one of the parents' computers. Um, and their parents start this wacky adventure to find them on prom night. Um, and the premise sounds gross, but it ends up being a very funny and heartfelt, um, about friendship and, um you know, these teenage girls being teenage girls. Um, Yep, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. I have not yet seen Blockers. Um, I avoided it at first because, yeah, I thought the premise sounded gross, and all I've heard from people is how how good it is. So at some point... I will watch this movie. Yeah, and I, I think I told you this. I, my only, my first impetus for listening to this movie, I was listening to an interview with the director, and she talked about how mad she was at the marketing campaign that they did for that movie because I, I think that it really did not capture what the movie is actually all about. It was like, oh, here's John Cena being an overprotective dad, um, which is certainly an element of the movie, but the movie is very actively like. That's not good. You need to work through that, John Cena. Um, good. Which I think is a a whole a, a small exemplar and how like that movie kind of takes down the tropes that the marketing campaign made you think it was about. So that's good to hear. Yeah. So yeah, blockers. Um, I would, as I have several times on this podcast, I would recommend it. How about um, you, Martha? I have a book to recommend. I am going to recommend a book by our friends uh, Rachel Cohn and David Levithan, who wrote Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List that we have talked about before in this podcast. Um, the book that I am recommending is Sam and Ilsa's Last Hurrah, uh, which is a one-night teen adventure about Sam and Ilsa, who are twins, and decide to throw a giant graduation party. Um, as per their party rules um they each get to invite three people um but they keep their guest lists secret from each other uh and then the drama unfolds as their guests start arriving and not everybody meshes as well together as one might hope um and 
uh, you know, things kind of play out between the twins and between their guests uh, as the as the night unfolds. So it's about the twins and their relationships and their friends and everyone's kind of personal drama uh, culminating in this, uh, you know, giant graduation party. Okay. I, it's, it's kind of a countdown until they make this one a movie too. I think. <laughs> um, so far we've gotten Naomi and Eli and uh, Nick and Nora. Um, I think that Conan Levithan make movie or write books together that adapt very, very well into movies. So, well, I mean, Naomi and Eli for certain values of well, um, <laughs> adapt easily into movies. We'll say. <laughs> um, what are we talking about next week? Um, so next week we're going to talk about a very new uh, Netflix movie. Uh, just came out, I think, last week. Um, that is called what is it? The other. It is called The Half of It. The Half of It. Okay. Um, called The Half of It, which is a take on Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, it's set in a small town in Washington. Um, yeah, I saw a tweet about this and I was like, it's a teen Cyrano de Bergerac. Marin, Marin, we have to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Cyrano de Bergerac character is a girl, which is a fun twist. Um, and there's another fun twist, which I will not mention in case it is a surprise for any of our listeners, because I don't want to spoil it. Um, but suffice to say, I am very much looking forward to this movie. I think it's going to be a really fun, uh, a really fun watch. Until then, if you are... Uh, hoping for, or if you are searching for other good, good content, uh, you can listen to Did You Do Your Homework, my other podcast that updates on the same feed as this one on alternating Wednesdays. You can follow us on social media at DYDYH Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram. We are also on Facebook if you would like to stop by and give us an idea uh, for a movie to watch. Um, our big rule is that it has to feature teens and it has to be available on a streaming platform. Um, we try to keep it to rom-coms, but sometimes we are. Sometimes we expand the bounds of that definition a little bit. You can follow me on the internet at all the places at Magical Martha. I'm predominantly on Twitter and Instagram, although every day when I use Twitter, I feel bad about myself in the world and contemplate uh, uninstalling it from my phone. So we'll see about that one. Marn, where can people find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter at a underscore Scott star underscore danced, um, where I tweet about a lot about romance novels, especially lately, um, as they have been a good source of comfort, um, and tweet also a lot about maps and the state of Minnesota. Um, yeah, so if any of those topics are intriguing to you, you are welcome to give me a follow. Um, I used to write, uh, I used to write a newsletter, um, 
I still theoretically do. I just haven't in a long time because of brain problems. Um, but if you'd like to subscribe to that and see my past issues and hopefully uh, catch my next ones as soon as they arrive, that is tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha. Um, that is, I believe, everything. Um, and if I have forgotten anything, our good friend Pete will put that in in post. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Um, thank you for listening to Love Ya. Uh, stay safe and healthy out there. Um, remember that we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah, I feel like this was definitely a movie I sh- I wanted to like more than they did. That's fair. I'm oh. glad. You- well, thank you for watching it. I yeah. know it wasn't. I know there were a lot of reasons it wasn't high on your priority list, um, but I really like it. And I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about it. Yeah, oh, definitely. No, and it's one of those, like, I'm glad I watched it. It probably won't be one I'll rewatch, but, it, you know, it was something I definitely should should have watched. So... Um, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it's good to to get the push you need to watch those things. I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in a a hole of, like, I only want to watch, like, uplifting things, and I only want to watch, like, certain things, so it's good to, good to get out of that hole. Well, at the moment, I have only been watching True Blood. <laughs> so. There you go. <laughs>